Hey, what's up, everybody? Isaac here, Civil Engineering Academy. Excited to be with you on another podcast episode. Today, I'm going to bring my brother Mark back on. We're going to talk about the ASEE salary report. They produce these every year. They produced one in September, I believe, of 2023. But it's always good to just kind of revisit these things to find out the trends for civil engineers, the demand for them, and where their salary is headed compared to I guess the rest of the industry that's going on out there. Anyway, we're going to talk about it all in this episode today. We look forward to chatting. If you've ever had a concern or wondering why you've entered the world of civil engineering, a big puzzle piece of that is the salary that's attached to it. So we'll hit entry-level engineer. We're also going to talk about more experienced engineers, what the average salary is for civil engineers that's out there, and the value of earning your PE license as well. So that's all going to be coming up in just a minute. Hey, what's up, everybody? Hey, I wanted to jump on real quick and let you know about a free resource we've developed for you. You can find it at civilengineeringacademy.com slash PE guide, and this will help you to jumpstart your studies for your PE exam. So if you're in the hunt and you're just thinking about the PE exam, this guide will help you get through the process of figuring out everything you need to do from the PE exams, prerequisites that you got to figure out, the must-have materials that you're going to need for the exam, any approved calculators, what groups you should join, exam secrets, and much more. It's all in this guide that we've got developed for you. It's completely free. You can go check it out at civilengineeringacademy.com slash PE guide. Just put in your email. We'll get you that information as soon as the email comes to your inbox. So go check it out, civilengineeringacademy.com slash PE guide. Hey guys, if you haven't already, I want to let you know about our awesome newsletter. If you haven't signed up for the Civil Engineering Academy newsletter, seriously, what's wrong with you? I'm just kidding. Go check it out though. You'll get all the latest episodes that we produce, blog articles, exams, discounts, course material. All this fun stuff is through our newsletter. So if you haven't signed up, go check it out. That's civilengineeringacademy.com slash newsletter. You'll be taken. Go sign up. And uh, you'll start getting our fun newsletters that we send out usually once a week. So go check it out, civilengineeringacademy.com slash newsletter and go sign up. All right, Mark, what is up? Welcome back. <laughs> hey, Isaac. Well, this is a fun topic. We like talking about it every year. But one of the biggest reasons why I think people become an engineer has to do with salary. That's a piece of the puzzle, usually the bigger piece. The ASCE puts out these reports every year. I know the latest was in September of 2023. So we're kind of looking back a couple months to that, but we're wrapping up this year anyway. So it's kind of worth revisiting it. So to kick this off, I think it would be fun to talk about the overall salary landscape in general. What are your thoughts after reading some of these reports and learning about engineer, civil engineer salaries? in 2023, where do you think things are headed? Maybe a bird's eye view of that. Well, things are heading up, right? It's nice to see that, uh, first of all, civil engineers as uh, professionals are in demand. And so if you've chosen that uh, course for your career path, you've made a good decision, right? But this ASCE report, I think it was, I don't know, it was initially, I think, developed 
to help design firms and those companies that employ professionals, civil engineers, to know exactly where I think uh, they need to be as far as offering competitive salaries and benefits. And so it's kind of developed into more than that these days. And we can talk about that a little bit more. But the good news is, is that the average annual salary is $128,000 a year. So this report says that base salaries have risen by approximately 7% versus uh, what we had in 2022. And then back between 2021 and 2022, we were up 6%. And then we were up 5% from 2020 to 2021. And so every year we're getting like five, six, this last increment or this last increase was a 7% increase. And so not bad. What do you think is driving those salary trends to be higher? Well, a lot of it is uh, the demand, right? So there's been uh, quite an expenditure, I would say, in infrastructure in the country as a whole that's driven a lot of this, right? There's a push to get our bridges upgraded, our infrastructure, our roadways improved. Primarily, we've talked about this before, Isaac, but there's a lot of bridges and some of our infrastructure that's fallen apart. And there's been a push for investment in that. And I think that's part of it. Inflation. Yeah, that's another thing too that's going higher. What's our inflation rates uh, been doing this last little bit? They've been just, it's nuts, you know? Well, I can't put that piece together as an employer. Usually are still giving out relatively low it usually lags behind interest. Sure. So you go through your annual review and you're getting a, let's say, a 3% raise still, maybe higher than that for inflation, but it's nowhere close to the like 9% inflation every month or even 3%, 4%. So definitely a drive to. Yeah, that, that's definitely a drive for things, but it's nice to have a profession that offers salaries and your increases at least keep ahead of inflation a little bit, right? But it's been able to do that. But um, yeah, inflation takes a bite out of that. It'd be nice if our inflation was at pre-COVID levels, you know, like we had before uh, we head into the COVID crisis that we had and had to weather. It'd be nice if we were seeing these types of increases despite that. But yeah, it's nice to see that the trend is upwards. The demand is strong. I think the big thing there, Isaac, is again, it's just all the spending on infrastructure that the publicly funded type projects are just, they're cruising, they're booming. So that report, they state that the average annual salary is 128000 and the median primary income for civil engineers with a PE is actually higher at $132,000. Yeah. Which yeah. is a huge kicker that they're stating that you'll have a $30,000 increase by having a license versus not having a license. Right. Talk about that. So that credential, it's an important thing to have. So the demand is there. The base salaries are there. But for a professional that has that PE license, that credential, which is we all know, it just gets you to that next level, it kind of substantiates what you know and the level of your knowledge. And uh, having that credential is, it's worth more to employers, right? You're esteemed as a better professional. So it's worth doing. Worth doing. And if you need it, definitely check out our resources if you haven't already. And if you need a course to help you pass, go check out civilpereviewcourse.com. Or if you need the FE done, check out civilfereviewcourse.com. 
com as well. We have those ready, geared up, and ready for you. So That's definitely lovely. huge, huge value in getting your PE. Yeah. So what they're saying in this report, Isaac, is that the trend's just going to continue through the next decade. So president of ASCE is, is saying that uh, when you consider the age and condition of our infrastructure, along with the additional funding, like we talked about, that's being brought into the situation, this demand is going to continue for a while. Civil engineering, it's a nice gig to have in these times. Yeah. Well, this is an average, but let's talk a little bit about regional variances. I know there's probably more hot spots than other areas in the country, but maybe let's look at beginning salaries and and this would translate to people with more experience you'd get more obviously more money but what about different regions so asc obviously things are classified uh, by region you know according to the, the area of the united states that you live in and so if we look at uh, regional averages um, they've divided the country up into a pacific area right which includes your washingtons and your oregons and your californias those are coming in the $135,000 per year kind of a range. We've got your mountain states areas, right, which is where we are, right? We got the Utahs and we got the Idahos and the Montanas and Wyomings and Colorados and New Mexico's and Arizona. I think they even throw Nevada in the mix. You know, we're coming in at about 118000 And those are averages. That's not based on that's all years of experience. Correct. What that is, is it's just a base average. So ASC has done another little kind of a cool thing that uh, they've got a salary calculation tool that's available to anybody that's a member of ASC and it throws in all the variables, right? So this is kind of a, a cross section. The numbers I'm throwing out are just a cross section of all of those things. But if you go to their little calculator, the first question on that, the first metric they call it, is uh, whether you've got your professional engineer's license. Highest level of education attained is the next thing that you can put in as a variable. The number of employees your employer has worldwide. Your industry sector that you work in. Okay, you can define that. Your engineer grade. What grade, which goes along with how many years you've been doing your job, your experience. And then you define what geographical area that you live in, your primary job function, your years of experience, and then how many employees that you supervise. So it takes into effect if you're a supervisor. Supervisors make more money, right? And so are those people that you supervise, are they technical employees? Are they non-technical? It takes all that into consideration. And it's cool because it, it kicks out a, a base salary and it gives a percentile, right? It starts with the 10 percentile, 20, all the way up to figures what the median salaries are and it gets you up, you know, all the way up to the 90th percentile if you're in that range. But it's a nice little calculator that you can use if you are a member of ASCE. They need to ask job satisfaction in there too. Yeah, they did ask that question kind of as an overall question, I guess, when they took the survey. But they said of the salary survey respondents, 66.3 reported being satisfied or very satisfied with their financial compensation, which is up from 63% that they had in 2022. So that's being satisfied with your financial compensation. And then the number, if they just ask about overall job satisfaction, so it's not specifically asking about your compensation, the overall satisfaction is 85%. Civil engineers seem to be pretty happy in their positions, yeah. 
Well, you sent a report to me about entry-level civil engineers around the country of all respondents for entry-level. The average was tacked at about $67,000. Again, that changes by region, I would say. The lowest in that region was mid-Atlantic, and the highest on that region was the Pacific. So it looks like your average salary among all respondents, if you're an entry-level civil engineer, is somewhere around I would say 67, 68K, which is a lot more than when I started. So that's that's a way a lot more than when I started. (laughs) (laughs) So it's kind of interesting. I I see the market sometimes and guys will get just a few years of experience and maybe want to bounce to another company. And sometimes they're getting those, you know, low six-figure job already with just a little bit of experience under your belt, which is amazing. So, yeah. And I'm finding that it doesn't take a lot of years of experience before these entry level engineers are starting to get the six figure incomes. You know, it's pretty quick. It's not too long before they're into those. So, yeah, it's crazy. I don't know if it continually grows past that, you know, as someone that's in the industry, most engineering firms, you're not, you're kind of getting that two or 3% raise every year and just growing with the company unless you bounce around. So, Well, awesome. So we got regional variances. We talked about entry-level engineers. We talked about average salaries. What about specialization and skills? You think that's driving more salary as well, whether you're specialized in structural engineering or environmental engineering and even technology on the technology side of this? Are those factors driving higher salaries? I think that's part of it, Isaac. I mean, we're seeing a change in the civil engineering landscape, right? And even at the testing level, right, where NCES is coming out and saying that um, the tests that are offered are discipline specific. I mean, back when I took it back in the day, even the FE was just a general engineering type test. And it included more than just civil engineering concepts. It was engineering in general, right? I had electrical engineering and Thermo, thermal, mechanical engineering, all kinds of stuff on there. Now it's focused on civil. And I see the PE test also getting more specialized where you can like focus on just the discipline that you're trying to get to your professional credential in. And, uh, you know, we see we've already seen that a lot with the structural engineer, the SE license that goes on. But I think there's a trend for more specialization. The way that uh, one can get their credentials is set up that way. I think that's part of the overall trend for the increase in salaries and stuff that we're seeing. The demand is all there, but professionals are able to focus in their discipline-specific areas a lot more than maybe they have in the past. And I see more, at least in my markets that I work with here as Intermountain area of the United States, I do see that. I see more firms that tend to specialize. I mean, we've always had our our structural engineering firms that just that's what they specialized in. But our civil engineering firms seem to have more of a broad spectrum of services that they offered. But now I'm seeing more geotechnical firms, right? That's all they do is focus on the geotechnical aspect of things. And then we've got the structural specializations. Whereas in the old days, maybe just the civil firms would specialize in general civil engineering, but they'd also do maybe some transportation type engineering. I'm seeing firms that are just concentrated on transportation engineering 
more and more. And so I think uh, what you were leaning towards, Isaac, is I think the technology requires somebody to be a little bit more specialized, right? It requires more specialized knowledge base to practice engineering these days. I think there's a huge array of tools, depending on what you're diving into. You know, I work in the transmission industry and in the utility world. For years and years and years, I used a specialized software. Now I'm more on the operations side. And even with that, I'm learning new technology too, running a whole drone program, all the capabilities that drones can bring to the table, which has been fun for me. So I do think learning new technology drives a higher salary as well. I'm curious in your experience, uh, maybe many structural engineers want to know this. Is there any good answer between salaries of people that have a PE versus an, an SE if you're going the route of structural engineer? I don't have that data. <laughs> Would you guess it's just like my, another well, step increment? Just my feel is I think having that SE credential, it's definitely like, important in operating in that realm. If structural engineering is the realm that you're going to operate in, that's a credential that you need to have to be fully, I guess, operable in that field. But mm, okay. I don't know that the SE gives you command of a higher salary more than a professional than that's just got a P that's maybe operating within just the civil discipline or maybe just the geotechnical discipline. I don't think that SE would command a higher salary range necessarily, which that may be a little bit unfair because the SE, getting that SE credential, is, it's a tough one, isn't it? It's brutal. Because you got a lot more hours of testing that are required. And In my mind, I would think they would just because it is more specialized. You do more testing than someone that does a PE Many people get their PE and get their SE, which, again, I think is more testing, more specialization. But if you're seeing out there in the industry, there's not a huge drive in salary to get that. Yeah, yeah I, I do. Feel I don't, like a bit I don't see that happening personally. Interesting. That's not a necessarily a good thing because that is a lot more studying and dedication. And I don't know, to get that SE credential, it takes a lot of work. So that somebody who gets that should probably be compensated. Um, well, it kind of goes uh, back to that conversation. And we've had this conversation before in the past, but, you know, the equivalence of what an engineer makes versus, say, a medical doctor. And even though you're stamping drawings as an SE that still is responsible for a lot of lives and well, sure. it just doesn't carry the same weight well, for salary. And you and I have talked about this before. It may be why we see a little bit of that trend where I mean, I've seen uh, SEs leave their firms that they're working for because they can find higher salaries working for private companies that have that offer products. They're engineered structural products that they're selling to the market and they need a, a structural engineer to help them sell their product because he lends a lot of credence and validity to what their claims are right in their products that they're trying to sell. And I'm seeing a lot of structural engineers leave their typical design firm positions to go and be sales engineers, essentially. Mm. And they command a lot better salaries doing that. <laughs> Interesting. This kind of all ties in, I guess, to the future outlook. And although we, we were beginning with the end in mind, but we did talk about the future growth of engineers is on a trend to increase. But, um, you know, we're talking about the SE and maybe some of the issues 
of commanding higher salaries with that. But I guess overall, what do you think the future outlook of civil engineering is? It's beautiful. It's really good. It's a great industry to be in. Getting through your education and getting the right professional curriculum, you get rewarded on the other end of that. And it's just a nice, diverse type career path. With a degree in civil engineering, there's just so many options, Isaac, that you have. And I would say, I mean, maybe there's people out there that are like, even if I get a degree in civil engineering, I have to know all this math and science. You got to jump through those hoops. But even when you get through that, there are positions within this world that, you know, it's good that you have your civil engineering degree and even your PE license, but you're not in like the design stage of stuff every right. second of every day. You can be a project right. manager. You can go out in the field and right. help see projects. You need to have that background, that base knowledge. Business owner. Yeah. And that background and that base knowledge is very important to have in, in that position that you've got. But you're not in a cubicle cranking out designs all the time. You're like, you're in other, some other facet of civil engineering or construction or sales or, you know, there's so many products that are being developed and, and different technologies and innovations that are having, that are taking place that just open up all these different avenues and other, these other facets of uh, civil engineering that we just, we never had before. It's crazy the, the different directions that you can take. It's amazing. We've interviewed people on this very show that have gone into software, the software yeah. side stuff, and are developing software tools yeah. to help make engineering jobs easier or display information in a way that looks better, you know, all kinds of stuff. So exciting field to be in, I think. It's a necessity. It's something that public needs. They might not realize it, but they use everything that we design and build and use every single day. Society definitely would not function without civil engineers. So good spot to be in. Well, Mark, any last words about this salary report or anything related to it? Well, just to understand, to let everybody know that, yeah, things are going up. The job satisfaction is there. The salaries are among the highest that there are. And um, it's just, it's a nice place to be. And with the investment in all the infrastructure and the constant need for the services that uh, civil engineering provides, there's just nothing but uh, good things ahead. It's all good, man. It's rosy. I like it. I think I heard a report from like Dave Ramsey that said the he did a report on uh, who are millionaires out there. And I think the number one occupation was engineer that were yeah. millionaires. Yeah. Probably because they're so tight. But who knows? <laughs> it's, well, it was no, I believe that. I mean, you think about a guy like Ramsey whose background's in real estate, right? And let's say you're a civil engineer and you're like, maybe you're trending towards uh, land development. Maybe that's the your areas. You can have a facet of or an element of real estate in your chosen profession. There's just not many areas that don't get touched and influenced by civil engineering, right? Undergirds everything that we take advantage. All of our infrastructure, our water distribution systems, our transportation systems, everything we just kind of take advantage and they're just there every day. Civil engineering touches all of that, which in turn touches everything else. So all the tech industry and anything else that you might be interested in, it touches that. When I first got into civil engineering, I, I didn't really have a idea. I don't think back when I started, civil engineering touched as many areas in industry as it does now. It was more focused, but it's just, man, sky's the limit. I'm amazed at it, quite frankly. 
Well, we'll leave it at that. It's an exciting field to be in. Appreciate uh, Mark jumping on the show, talking about the ASE salary report. Trends are looking up. So if you uh, have questions about any of this, don't hesitate to email us with your questions. You can find me at Isaac at Civil Engineering Academy and Mark at, Mark at CivilEngineeringAcademy.com. And again, we're here to help you on your own journey to become a professional engineer. So go check out our website at CivilEngineeringAcademy.com. You'll get access. You can find access to resources, tools, video practice problems, everything we've got there and courses, of, of course. So anyway, thanks, Mark, for joining me on another one. And we'll talk to you later. Okay, we'll see you. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Civil Engineering Academy podcast. Thanks for joining me today. If you want, please leave a review or a comment or a like. They definitely go a long way and share it with a friend because why not? It helps. Hey, if you're interested in becoming a guest, feel free to shoot me an email, Isaac at CivilEngineeringAcademy.com. And if you know anyone or yourself personally, definitely check out our website, CivilEngineeringAcademy.com, where we can help you on your journey to become a professional engineer, whether that's to help you pass your FE or your PE, or just get great career advice. And if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of this podcast and have an amazing outreach to other civil engineers, also shoot me an email and we'll be there to help you. Anyway, thanks for joining me today and we'll see you in the next one. Bye.